For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. It's episode 249 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Carol Baskin. <laughs> no, how's, I'm Will Witten. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's good to be here with you. Buddy, I don't know what's going on, man. We're, you know, Jesse and I are trying to um, do our part for society. Social distancing, you know? We're not going out only for the essentials. Jesse goes to the grocery store like once every two weeks or something. You know what I mean? Right, right. But I'll be damned if external forces aren't fucking with us. You know, the tornadic activity yeah, right. that's gone on the last two weekends. Like, uh, oh, if, uh, if a tornado touches down in your neighborhood, you should immediately go to a storm shelter. There ain't no social distance. I got a storm shelter. I'm here to tell you that. But then, last weekend, it gets even crazier, right? So right. it's like, I don't know, maybe 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm still asleep. Jessie gets up and she takes the dogs outside. And, you know, I'm sort of half asleep, half awake when she gets back in bed. And she's like, baby, there's a manhunt going on in our neighborhood. And I'm like, huh, what? She's like, yeah, some guy killed some people and i guess he got in a shootout with the cops uh you know like a couple blocks from our house and now they're looking for him in our neighborhood they've got like a a, uh blockade set up and stuff and i'm like wow that's crazy back to sleep right yeah so like an hour later i wake up and i'm in like that oh i just woke up on a saturday thinking about having a delicious bowl of cereal laying in bed looking at my phone and then I'm like what's that noise that I hear and it's a helicopter and I was like oh, that's weird but you know we live sort of close to the Birmingham airport so you know hearing aircraft from time to time isn't the biggest deal but this sounds low right and then I look right. out our bedroom window and it is low and it's flying right over our house and I was like oh yeah I forgot what Jesse told me 
So I'll hop on AL.com, like, you know, to get the news. Sure enough, there's a manhunt going on in our fucking part of Birmingham. This dude in, uh, it started in, like, the Auburn area, right? Yeah. Carjacked someone. Killed him. Stole the car. Oh. Then. You don't have to kill the guy when you steal his car. Went into a random house that had two people in it. Killed them. Home Whoa. invasion. Then drove from Auburn to Birmingham, which is what, I don't know, two, two and a half hours or something like that. And you know the uh, Econo Lodge that's a little yes. uh, that's a little sketchy? The Seating McCedars Hotel. Drops the, the car off there, I guess. Or, or, or stops there. Maybe he even got a room there. I'm not quite sure on the details. Then... The cops see that car, or somebody reports that car. So they start following him, and he jumps out of the car and starts shooting at the cops. There's wow. a shootout with the cops. And he gets away, but they find blood on the scene. So he's clearly been shot. Well, then, while they're looking for him, you know, over by Hamburger Heaven? Yes. They go into a house over there. There's somebody dead in the house. Gunshot wound. So clearly he ran into that house. And so I'm sitting out here in the kitchen where I record, right? Eating cereal, reading all about this. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then I see something out of the corner of my eye. And it is what I have now been informed is a vehicle called a Bearcat, which is a big SWAT vehicle, right? Oh, my God. Slow rolling down our neighborhood. You know how you can look like right out our front door at the street, right? Yeah. You got big, like, giant, full windows. And I was like, oh, shit. There's a SWAT team vehicle out there. Somebody got five stars in Grand Theft Auto. Yep. And that's what I was thinking. I know this sounds messed up that my mind would reference that as a game. But when you were like, he carjacked somebody and then he killed the dude. I was like, dude, you don't have to kill the guy. That's like instant, like three stars. Like you could just take the car. So then I'm sitting here like bewildered looking at this. And it even has the dude. I don't know what you call it, but like, you know how it has the porthole at the top that they stand out with the help with like the binoculars and stuff yeah yeah like the top of a tank there's a dude up like in that the gunner seat if it yeah. were a tank yeah and then out of the corner of my eye i see something coming up in our yard and i'm like what and i look and there are 30 swat dudes in our neighborhood oh armed to the teeth it looked like uh, that game rainbow six siege up in this bitch and so one of them's coming towards my house. You know how the dogs are about strangers, much, much less dudes in full military gear. So I'm trying to like uh, shuffle them away to get keep them from going crazy, you know, making right. the situation work. And this guy comes up and they're, they basically were going around looking through every house for this dude. That's crazy. Right? He must have run like into your neighborhood. I mean, it's we're we're so close to where all that went down that when he gave them the slip, I I think they were just doing like a huge perimeter, if I had to guess. But when they finally did end up catching him, it wasn't that far from our house. It yeah, I mean, that's what the, they were chasing him. They knew about where he was at. They were going to sweep it, and like, 
30 SWAT dudes. Like that's yeah. not just the SWAT team. No. Like that's like the other police officers that volunteer as like yeah. SWAT members and shit. And like, dude, they were, uh, they were swarmed down the, the street. It was crazy. Um, and when they caught him, I guess he had been hiding somewhere and they, he eventually just surrendered wearing only his boxer shorts and socks. So I guess he tried to shed his outfit. I don't know. But yeah, that, uh, it was pretty crazy. That was uh, a real close encounter of the crazy kind. There's a madman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, besides all the other anxiety that's piled up with the things that are going on in the world. I if had there a- weren't a pandemic happening, you have the psycho murderer mm-hmm. killer running through your neighborhood. And tornadoes all, all together. <clears throat> it's a two, three punch. Enjoy your vacation. Yes. Yes. Your staycation. So, you know, finger crossed, fingers crossed that this weekend is a little calmer. Although saying that, I feel like maybe I just jinxed it. I did see this <sighs> meme where like eyes were looking in different directions and it's like, do something productive because you'll never have this much time again or chill and relax because you'll never have this much free time again. Dude. So how are hard how, decision? How are you doing this week? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I can't good. complain. Good, good. I uh, redid the backyard flower beds. I dug up everything that was in the flower beds and laid down the the edge stone and made a little paveway with some flat stone and planted new flowers. Put down the the cover and the mulch. Nice. Jessie is working on her own little gardening project. That's cool. Yeah, I've never some, been more sore in my life. She got some raised beds, and she's going to be planting some vegetables and some herbs. You know, that's cool. This uh, this COVID situation has her going full on prepper mode, which I don't. I mean, not full, full on is an exaggeration. But this is going to sound really hippie, but the idea of lawn comes from like French nobility. Like you're rich enough that you can just use this land for nothing. And just pay to keep it clipped. And uh, people used to grow gardens and shit like all up in their yard instead of just having a lawn. And to me, that seems like a better use of the space, a more ecologically minded use of the space. Yeah. Because you just put chemicals on the ground and you treat it and all the money that goes into weed eating and fertilizing and mowing. If you turned it all into garden space, it would produce something. And if we were at war, it would happen, I bet. I got to say, uh... I, th- I can think of some things we could plant in the backyard, but I ain't yeah. trying to have the SWAT team roll up on my ass. Yeah, that's what they'd have them. They'd be like, hey, uh, what you got going on? Oh, nothing. We just got a little squash and some herbs and some cucumbers and uh, run. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> we're Star Wars podcast, and that's what we'll be discussing this this evening. We actually got some pretty decent news this week to talk about along with a pretty kick-ass episode of the clone wars pretty exciting week altogether. i'm excited to talk about it this week Um, i mean i always am but like now i'm super excited yeah but before we jump into that um let's do a little business uh bees and nice first off before we get in our business i want to give a shout out to our buddy josh chapman over at the star wars spelt out podcast for hitting 100 episodes Guys, uh, if you don't check out that podcast, you definitely should. It's a corker. 
<laughs> Just letting that sit for a little while in people's mind yeah, grapes. Um, and a- uh, that's a it's a good time. You should check them out. And we're uh, stoked our buddy Josh hit the 100 episode mark. <clears throat> so as far as we go, if you uh, like our podcast, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast you can email us at blue harvest podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter twitch and instagram at blue harvest pod and we have a youtube page uh the link will be in the description so you can check that out or just search for blue harvest of star wars podcast and you should find it easily enough and if you really enjoy our podcast and want to support us we have a patreon Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Over there, you're going to get all kinds of bonus shows. Uh, Masters of Harvest Kasi, Podula Rasa, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws, Cooking with Will, Blue Harvest Adventures. We've got so many bonus shows. And if you're like, man, a lot of time at home listening to a lot of podcasts, could use a couple more. Well, mosey on over there. See if something strikes you fancy. <clears throat> once again, that's Blue Harvest Podcast. Um, and once again, I fucked something up. So it's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. <laughs> that's where you want to go to check it out. And we For our Patreon it. members, we really appreciate your contribution. It helps us make product. Yeah. Helps us give product. you awesome stuff. So... um. Before we get to talking about what's um, currently running on D- Disney Plus, let's talk about the future of Disney Plus a little bit. We got some exciting stories to cover. First off, they released uh, today a preview trailer for uh, what's it called? Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, or some shit like that. It's basically the making of series that they're putting out about The Mandalorian. Did you have a chance to check that out? The, yes. Like the trailer for it? Yes, I did. What'd you think? I thought it was incredible. I'm super excited. I was like eight episodes. I wonder how long each episode is going to be. I That's more that I thought it would be like a, you know, the one that I've seen for Star Wars was only like maybe shy of an hour or maybe it was a little over an hour. I can't remember. For but, Rise um, of Skywalker? Yeah. That yeah. one's like two hours. Is it like two hours? Yeah, it okay. goes, feels like it goes by quick, but it is pretty long. It felt pretty quick, I guess, but it was that's cool. Two hours. Um, I'm not expecting eight part series docu series about the making of the Mandalorian. It's gonna be amazing. And sitting on all the directors mm-hmm. sitting around the table talking about what's up, take t- hearing Dave Filoni talk about how hope you know needed to be included with these stories and what George Lucas said. I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be amazing. Yeah, and so I was reading something about it. And I guess I just sort of thought that there would be an episode devoted to each, since it's eight parts, you know, and there were eight episodes, I figured, you know, first episode would be about the making of the first episode. Well, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. But that's apparently not the case. Apparently they're sort of themed. So the first one is about the casting and the second one is about. Uh, the different directors, and then there's one about the technology they used, and so on and so forth. So I think that's a pretty neat approach. 
uh, to take as well. And you kind of mentioned like the director's roundtable that they had going on. Yeah. And that reminds me of that special feature. I think it was on Infinity Wars extras. That was a lot of the uh, Marvel directors sort of sitting around. John Favreau was there and stuff. And they were just sort of sitting around and talking about, um, you know, what it was like to debut the Marvel Universe and finally culminate, you know, have this big culmination in the uh, Infinity War and Endgame two-parter. <clears throat> and I, I, I remember us talking about it and me saying, I wish we could get something like that for Star Wars because I thought it was a really neat approach to a behind the scenes thing and it looks like we are it does so i'm pretty stoked they talked a lot about the panoramic light the board i guess what is it called the, the volume the volume mm -hmm. the screens and stuff the interactive backgrounds yeah um they talked about they referenced that a lot and you got to see some of that. I was like, Yeah, show me more of that. He said like even the ceiling is one too. Like Yeah, that's crazy. And you know, I think I'm you know, I, I don't know this for sure, but there's a lot of questions right now about when things are gonna be released, right? Yeah. Uh, movies getting pushed back left and right. You know, with some people thinking some that got pushed back to the end of the summer will probably be delayed even further at some point. Uh, and you know, it, it does raise the question of well, what's going to happen with the Mandalorian season two. <clears throat> and that's a fair question. Thankfully, they seemingly got it all filmed before all the lockdowns happen. Right. Right. Uh, and I think the fact that they use that volume probably helps decrease the um, sheer amount of post-production work they have yeah. to do. And if you and you couple that with a lot of those uh, employees are probably working at home on post production on the show, then you got to think that maybe that keeps it from getting delayed. Hopefully, um, but I think of between uh, you know all a lot of these things that are getting delayed and postponed, I think it probably has one of the strongest chances of hitting its original date. That's good. Yeah, at least I hope so. Give me one second. Buddy. Said May fourth, right? Yes, yes. It's uh, it's debuting May fourth, along with the final episode of Clone Wars. They both come out that day, so that'll be a fun. Week. Something ends, something begins. Yeah, and I wonder because you know they did a fairly good job. There was some space in between, but you know the Mandalorian wrapped up, and then just a couple of months later, basically Star Wars Rebels start or not Rebels Clone Wars started up. So. Yeah, it makes you wonder like what they have in the bank for eight weeks from May the fourth, which would, I guess would be sometime in July. I don't know. We'll see. I I you know I don't think it's going to be anything. Well, they've got that game show they're working on that Ahmed Best is the uh, the host of. I saw that referenced. Yeah. Hey, give me one second, buddy. All right. Okay. Had a little mini. Uh, heart attack because I thought our door was ajar and the cat's escaped. Oh my goodness. But I was wrong. Jaxie was just sitting there with the door open. So Sounds I thought terrifying. she was back in her room. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, so yeah, we have that to look forward to on May the 4th. And then we'll That'll see, be cool. see what comes after that. I think one of the Marvel series was 
scheduled to come out this year, but I don't know if that's going to end up making it because I think it was actually in the process of filming when things got shut down. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, So speaking of The Mandalorian, Variety had an interesting little piece of news this week. Um, They are reporting that the season three of The Mandalorian is already in the works. It's being written right now. That's excellent. Right? And appropriate. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Like, you need to make more of this. Yeah. I totally agree. And I feel like the thing is they want – because Cassian and Obi-Wan, I still – you know, I get the vibe that those are only – mini series like one season and done type things so you'd have to imagine that they want something that's going to be ongoing right yeah and i feel like that's the mandalorian for them for now at least i think there'll be other ones and we'll be talking about a possibility of one of them here in a little bit but yeah it makes a lot of sense that they would want to have something that's more ongoing um and then the question just becomes like how long is this train going for Three seasons at least. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I mean, I know that it won't run too long, but what's the perfect number of seasons? Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking four. Thinking a nice four-season, eight-episode run. That's like 32 episodes in total. Yeah. Seems like a nice little run for The Mandalorian. That would work. Yeah, I just don't want it to get into like long in the tooth territory i like shows that sort of know when to get out i know i totally agree you don't want to have that jump the shark point like where when you watch these series over again you don't want to stop there like sometimes you'll get to the part where oh i don't like these later seasons and you'll just watch the parts you like yeah yeah And, and you know Lost not is saying real- that happens in Star Wars yet, but there are lots of series like that is what I'm saying. Exactly. And Lost, there were times in season three where I feel like it gets kind of close to that. But thankfully, after that, when they renegotiated for further seasons, they sort of like put a limit on it. They said, we want to do this many more seasons with this many episodes. And then that's the end, you know? Yeah. Some of that stuff in season three is a bit of a bit of a slog on the rewatch the office to me after Mm -hmm. uh steve carell leaves there's that kind of feeling that it's still good don't get me wrong and it's still funny and i'm glad that those characters continue but after steve carell leaves there's something about the magic that is just different yeah you know what's interesting steve and i were talking about this the other night when we were playing final fantasy like in we both had the same sort of feeling like yeah after steve carell leaves it really takes a dip in quality and there are good episodes and funny moments but it's definitely loses a little bit of its luster when they bring in you know all the different people that's cool it's a cool thing that they got to do all the different managers that you know like ricky gervais and will ferrell will ferrell was hilarious and all that was great but you really want to see michael scott there it was so sad to see him go yeah <clears throat> so it looks like we're getting a, a mandalorian season three like we said not necessarily the biggest surprise but a welcome bit of news but let's talk about the future of star wars on dv uh disney plus so we know 
right now we have the Mandalorian season two shot and in post production. We have the Mandalorian season three being written. We have Clone Wars airing now and it's coming towards an end. We have possibly some sort of Rebel sequel series or the next animated series in line for Star Wars that's in production, supposedly. Still no official word on that. And, uh, you know, like we said, Cassie and, and Obi-Wan. But this week, uh, I think it was actually yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Variety. No, no. Deadline. No. Variety. Uh, once again, <laughs> reported that Leslie Headland is developing a new Star Wars series for Disney+. Plus. Leslie Headland is the lady behind that Netflix show, Russian Doll. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I know it's really well regarded. I've seen a lot of positive praise about it uh, in the past. So people seem pretty excited that she is going to be working on Star Wars. And there was this really cool clip of her uh, at the premiere for The Rise of Skywalker talking about how much she enjoyed Star Wars and just wanted to live in the Star Wars universe and stuff like this. Um, so, it you know, it seems like someone who is invested in the franchise as it is. And who knows if that point, if she was already in uh, negotiations with Lucasfilm to work on Star Wars or if this was something after that. But either way, right. it's pretty cool to see. <clears throat> and they, they had a little bit of news. Not a whole lot to go on, but they said that it is a female-centric show, which I take to mean has like a female lead, right? And that yeah. it's set in an era not being explored by the other Disney Plus uh, series and stuff. Okay. So, and it starts to make you wonder, like, well, what does that mean? Because you got to think... Uh, you know, there was, there's been the rumors about some sort of Dr. Aphra show coming, whether it be animated or live action. Really? Yeah. And, and that could be We've the talked case. about that. Huh? We, we talked about that a little bit last time, I believe how Dr. Aphra could be used. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, you know, the reports when, uh, it came out that Rosario Dawson was going to play Ahsoka in the Mandalorian that, that was being done as a way to sort of introduce her in live action and then spin her off in her own show. Nice. So there's two options. Now, do either of those necessarily line up with the whole set during a part of the timeline not being explored by the other projects? And maybe, depending on how they go with it, because Cassian is set pre-A New Hope, it's, uh, you know, Obi-Wan is set a pre a new hope between Revenge of the Sith and a new hope. Um, Mandalorian is post return of the Jedi. Uh, so it makes you wonder, like if it's an Afro series, then I guess it could be set during the original trilogy. because We don't really have anything set during that era right now. Right. What year is it when she's hanging out with Darth Vader? Is that just after 66 or <coughs> no, that before is, he hunts down Luke? That is uh, uh, between Empire and A New Hope. Oh, okay. So, original trilogy era. 
Um, and then the Ahsoka thing, uh, I don't know, because if it's Rosario Dawson playing her, then it's safe to assume it's not set during the Clone Wars, right? That's a little old right. for Ahso Ahsoka during the Clone Wars. Once again, I guess it could be original trilogy era, but she's kind of off the map at that point. Um, maybe it's even further past Return of the Jedi. Um, and then we also have to consider, like, there's the whole High Republic thing out there now. So maybe it's set during that era. I don't know. That's what I was wondering, if it was going to be a High Republic thing. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool if it's, um, if they're, you know, springboarding off that publishing initiative and turning it into something live action. That would be really exciting, I think to see that era in live action as well as have books and stuff. Cause you know, depending on how long she's worked on this, we're not going to be seeing this show for a little while, a couple years at the earliest, I would think. Wow. You know, cause I would figure the earliest, especially with everything going on that it could start shooting would be next year. So <clears throat> as long as this, you know, goes smoothly and, actually gets made i think we'd be looking at like 2022 before we see her series that's crazy right well that makes me wonder what they've got in store until then maybe nothing you know maybe this pandemic stopped everything i know they're trying to get their money out of the movies but you you know the animated series were gonna be on disney plus anyway so none of that well yeah so when this... everybody go back to work that goes back to work well, yeah, and, and you got to think a lot of that can be done from home, too. You yeah. Know, that's all work done on computers, those animated right. series. Um, you know, but before that we see that series, we've actually got quite a bit lined up. We've got at least two more seasons of The Mandalorian, uh, you know, and then Cassian and Obi-Wan. So it's not like there's nothing besides this series that she's working on for us to look forward to. I just think that expecting to see it sooner rather than labor later is probably not a great idea probably need to temper expectations so that's like like i said a 2022 series yeah <clears throat> and if it's not meant as a mini series maybe it's whatever takes over the ongoing star wars series mantle from the mandalorian when it wraps up even that would be cool yeah because i'm trying to think Marvel has so many series that they've announced, and I think most of those are also sort of mini-series based. You know, your, um, what is it, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. Uh, what If and Loki. Loki. I think those are all mini-series. But then they also announced Moon Knight and She-Hulk. Those, oh, that's cool. I didn't know about those two. Yeah, those could end up being ongoing. You could do more than one season of those. Very true. Um, you could also do more than one series of What If, since it's animated. Yeah, and that premise could <laughs> go on for days. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that, actually, because What cool If stories. is... It's like, it's like the Twilight Zone version of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was I always a, a fan of those comics as a kid I wouldn't I wasn't the kind of person that had to get every one it was all based on the premise and I remember there was one I hunted down for years that I saw in a gas station and wanted really bad but couldn't get 
I think it was what if number 50, maybe even 150, but it was what if the Hulk killed Wolverine. Ooh. And then years later, I got my hands on it, bought it off of eBay. I was like, now's the time I can finally read what if the Hulk killed Wolverine. It wasn't great. It's kind of oh. a letdown. <laughs> Built it up too much in my head. Yeah. That's a, that's a twist ending for that story. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So you want to talk about this week's episode of Clone Wars? Well, I guess last week's. I do very much so. Whew. Pretty good, man. That is what I'm talking about. That um, is that is what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And what I got to say, what was most striking to me at first was sort of the overall presentation. Like they... It felt like that had been done long before the rest of it had been done. Does that make sense? Like that was written long ago. That was the ending. Well, so they've had this ending in this storyline in mind for a while. Cause it's been shit like maybe four or five years ago that Dave Filoni had a untold tales from the clone wars or something panel basically mm-hmm. described the scene where Anakin hands over half of the 501st to Ahsoka and they've all painted their armor to be like her, vibe her color scheme or whatever right so clearly that's been in the mind but when i mean saying like the overall presentation like how it kicked off with the old school green lucasfilm limited like we used to see back in the day on our old vhs copies of star wars and you got the big trumpety yeah intro yeah it started like a movie does yeah and the, the whole thing was very cinematic like it's clear they pumped the most money into this arc. Right, right. That's kind of what I was saying. We were talking about it like all season long. We've been talking about how good the show looks, but this even ratcheted that up a notch, I feel like. It lets you know, like, all right, this is the end. Mm-hmm. Like, get on the edge of your seat. A little uh, Kia D cameo at the beginning. Did you see him standing around the war table or whatever the fuck you want to call did, it? Yeah. Yeah, I like how it sort of sets up Order 66 because the Jedi are all spread out thin across the galaxy and stuff. Yes. Started off with a real kick-ass Anakin and Obi-Wan scene. Um, I really like that. And there was like some nice mirroring to them in the Clone Wars movie, which I know isn't the greatest, but like that sort of opening battle they're in. Yeah. Um, very reminiscent. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and you were talking, we were texting about it a little bit last week. And you were like, it's like Ahsoka is a completely different person in this episode than she was in the previous arc. Yeah. And it, you like you were like, it's almost like there's a time jump, but I know that's not the case. And the thing is, if this was a regular season of Clone Wars there would have been more episodes in between Ahsoka helping do the spice running mission and the siege of Mandalore. Cause you know, clone wars didn't often run like it did is doing in this season where there, there would be like a little four episode arc. And then there like, for instance, about mall and Savage press. And then there'd be a ton of episodes not related to them. And then it would pick that story back up again. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that would have happened. We would have seen her leave with Bo Katan and Ursa Wren, and then we would have gotten, you know, 
a few more arcs in between there, and then it would have picked up with the Siege of Mandalore. So if things had gone as originally intended and Clone Wars hadn't been canceled early and they had been able to finish out the whole breadth of the Clone Wars like they originally wanted to, I think it would have felt like there was a time jump, if you get what I'm saying. Well, to me, you could have reversed, though. You could have done her arc first and then the Bad Batch and then this, and that would have made it seem like there were some time in You know, between. honestly, that's not a bad idea because depending on how you watch it, I guess, because that, that Ahsoka arc seems like it takes place, at least to me, almost right after she leaves the Jedi Order. Yeah, like as she's leaving on the bike, it seems yeah. like she yeah. bought the bike and the and the blue jean onesie and and left and left. Right? And so it really doesn't seem like she's been away from the Jedi Order that, all that long. But I think in reality she has. I think there's been more time between that and the uh, you know the Siege of Mandalore and stuff. Yeah. Because um, she is still certified badass. Dude, the scene where they're going to Mandalore and her and Rex are talking about hitting the surface or whatever and she just jumps out of the plane and yep. wrecks ass on the way down, whew, that's kick-ass. Yep. I thought that was really cool. And then she lands to fight the other Mandalorians and it's... The Hot Topic Mandalorians? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you notice the Darth Maul horns on the one guy's helmet? Yep. Yep. Hot Topic Mandalorians. That's devotion. It sure is. You know what? That's dedication to do that to your Mandalorian helmet. I don't like those Mandalorians. I like the good They're guy the most metal Mandalorians I've ever seen. They're like Sauron. They're like little Sauron Mandalorians. I don't even want to give them the designation of being metal. <laughs> They're not good enough for that. Fucking all on Darth Maul's dick and shit. His horny dick. Because you know, right, his dick's got horns on it. Dude, it's mechanical. That part, oh, that's it's right. no mo. I forgot. I forgot. How could I forget? How do we poop? We don't know. <laughs> I will say this about Darth Maul. That scene when she's in like, uh, and we're sort of skipping to the end, but. The scene when she's in the sort of underground tunnels on Mandalore and yeah. uh, uh, her clones are getting killed and shit. And then you just hear Maul, his like robot legs stomping around before he reveals himself. Well done. Absolutely. Pretty creepy atmosphere there. I yeah. thought that was pretty good. <clears throat> um, that was an excellent laid, excellently laid trap. Yeah. Um. What what's some of the stuff that stuck out to you? Is there anything you wanted to bring up from the episode that really struck you? Because I've got a few more. Well, you you keep going, and I'm, I'm sure you'll cover whatever I I came across. So you know, in Rebels, when Ahsoka's watching like that training video or whatever of Anakin, and she explains to Ezra like, "That's my former Jedi Master," blah blah blah. The last time I saw him. He was rushing off to save the galaxy or something like that. I thought it was cool that we actually get to see that moment in this. Right. Because the Clone Wars, or not the Clone Wars, the Battle of Coruscant is about to kick off. Like Grievous is attacking Coruscant and they can't uh, get in communication with the Chancellor and shit. So this is 
really butting right up to episode three at this point. It is like that. That's like when they leave Ahsoka, they're going to save the the Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah, and I like um, like sort of her confront confrontation with Obi Wan and Anakin, where she's like. It's sad to me that she had to be so lippy with Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan had to be so stern with her. Like, that's going to be the last time you see Ahsoka, Obi-Wan. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, I get it. Like, it was, you know... It's, he it's, couldn't... He's not just going to let his army go. He's got to say something. It's a lose-lose situation. You know what I mean? He serves the Republic. So he's got to go away to this. And, you know, but she's also right. Like... They got to handle this mall on Mandalore situation. Yes. Um, I do like when he's leaving. And Anakin's and, right about maybe the force put her where she's supposed to be. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, I like when Obi-Wan's leaving and he's like, as far as Maul is concerned, uh, it's best to capture him. I killed him once before and he doesn't appear to stay dead or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that, like her and Anakin's last interaction where he, you know, introduces her, reintroduces her to the clones and gives her her savers back. Don't quite understand why he changed the colors to blue. It looks Because cool. she used to have one blue, one green, right? I thought it was two green. Was it two green? I think so. Um, And then where he's like... uh. Good luck. And she's like, Obi-Wan told me to, uh, what is it? There's no such thing as luck. And Anakin's like, well, you know, uh, I'm glad we proved him wrong or whatever. And then when he's leaving, she's like, uh, good luck back to him. I thought that was a nice moment. It is sad that that is, I mean, that's got to be the last time they see each other before he's Darth Vader, right? Yeah. It just doesn't it fit in. <clears throat> uh, There's no other way to square it. Yeah. And I can't remember, does she know in Rebels that Darth Vader is Anakin, or does she realize that when they have their confrontation? I was going to say, I don't think she realizes that until their confrontation when she cracks his mask, I think. If I remember, that's the reveal. I can't. It's been so long that I can't remember one way or the other. So, yeah, I was just kind of And that's when she's like, I left you before, I'm not going to leave you again. I think yeah. is what she says before she gets snatched into the world between worlds. Yeah. Hmm. Because I still get the feeling that we're going to have to see her involved in Order 66 in some way. Right? Like. I don't know. If they if they justify to themselves the reason Ahsoka's not killed is because she's not technically a Jedi. That's how she survives the purge. I mean, maybe the clones don't turn on her because she's not a Jedi. Well, so we know one thing. She's got Rex with her who defies Order 66, right? Was that explained in that clone arc? It was explained in uh, Rebels when he shows up, when old man Rex shows up. He's like, Order 66 came along and they didn't go along with it. And then they eventually had their chips removed because they've got like scars on their heads in Rebels where they're where they had the chips removed. Yeah, I remember the chips chip arc. So yeah, there's that whole arc, but like, um, yeah. So you got to figure since Rex 
goes against Order 66, he probably helps her escape as well. The two of them probably escape together, honestly. If I had to guess. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, but yeah, you, so I, I just can't see them ending with like the Siege of Mandalore wrapping up however it does. Clearly Maul gets kicked off of Mandalore, I have to guess, because post this, we see him two times. We see him in the hologram and Solo. Let's and, say he's got a young Han Solo to go menace. Yeah, and then we see him in Rebels, and he is not in a great place when he shows up in Rebels. It's not like he's some leader of Crimson Dawn or anything. Yeah, he's got that thing to ride out. I mean, they've already committed him to that. So, like, that's his story no matter what. <coughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Which it would be cool to see. It'd be cool to see his time with Crimson Dawn and <laughs> the stories with Han Solo. Like, if they were... I would love to see whatever Solo 2 is going to be. You know, I know that's not going to happen probably ever now, but... Well, what were you going to do with Maul and young Solo and young Lando? I don't know that we'll necessarily never see that. I think we will see some Maul and Crimson Dawn stuff eventually. Um, now, I don't know what form that'll be, be it live action or animated or book or Disney comic. Plus series would do it for me. That would be kind of cool, man. A Maul, uh, Crimson Dawn. You could bring Ray Park back for it if you wanted. You could have, I mean, you could have Daenerys Targaryen first of her name back if you wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, now we're getting into the solo sequel sort of chatter but it could be cool regardless i just uh i don't know i just think he's such a uh, popular character and you've already established his final death by obi-wan on tatooine during rebels right so if you want to keep using that character and capitalize on that popularity really now your only choices are in between Clone Wars and Rebels when he is doing his Crimson Dawn stuff. Oh, that's true. Did you catch the Saul Guerrero shout out in this episode? Yeah. Him being not available or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice little nod. I thought that is nice. <clears throat> I like to catch a reference every now and then makes me feel smart. I know that guy. And we know that he was active. Oh, yeah. Well, Saul gets introduced in Clone Wars. That's right. It's when the uh, the whole Saul thing goes down. It's his origin story. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm looking for. That's the ticket. Um, But yeah, I'm really enjoying this. I can't wait to see the Ahsoka and Maul uh, lightsaber va- battle. That's going to go down. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. I also uh, think it's cool that they got Ray Park in to do, like, the motion capture for Maul. Yes. I don't know that, you know, we'll be watching the episode and be like, my God, that looks like Ray Park or Maul in The Phantom Menace. But it's a nice little detail, and I'm glad they included the dude. Absolutely. Oh, dude. Ray Park's Instagram is... uh, interesting sometimes is it really yeah man he uh 
He's a character. Uh, showing off his dick root and stuff sometimes. Nice. Bro, I, uh, I don't know if he's just an intense dude or if maybe he's living like a tiger king lately or something, but Rawr. there is some, uh, some shenanigans going on on Ray Park's Instagram every now and then. Some uh, mysteriously uh, disappearing posts sometimes. There was a time when he said he got hacked and it was questionable and whether he really did or not. Whether he was uh, posted on Ambien, like old Roseanne Barr said. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Ray Park has trouble sleeping, so he takes an Ambien. Has a few dozen drinks. Gets on Instagram. Starts to make his, it weird. Shows off his dick root. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, a lot a lot to look forward to. I uh, <clears throat> I really want to see this whole arc as a whole. Like once it's all done, sit down and on watch the it. whole. Yeah, <laughs> on the whole. Watch it as a like a big long movie. See how it flows. I think this one might work the best so far of the arcs we've gotten. The way they opened it feels like it's intended that way. Yeah, to be like a little mini movie. Yeah, because they did it so differently. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the best episode of the season so far. I agree. I have to agree. Pretty much without question. Makes me wonder uh, what they got in store from us going forward. It's got to be good. Yeah. Just doing a quick. It's cool look. to see the Mandalorians and their funny facial hair, hair doohickeys. <laughs> I, yeah. That's what I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, the Mandalorians have very intricate facial hair, hair combinations. Fucking Almac. I hate that dude. I hate Gar Saxon think that's his name the like the snake the the guy well there's all mac who's like the snake yeah yeah and then there's the gar saxon that's like the i'm the tough guy mandalorian oh right right oh oh boy i'm such a tough guy yeah, he, may, he may even be the dude with the horns on his helmet he is he is general manager of a hot topic saxon <laughs> All right, you want to jump into some emails and some voice messages? Let's do it. All right. Feet first. Yes, not head first. Not head first. We don't need them problems. I got Look, I got tornadoes, mass killers. Jesus Christ. Starvation. Bro, I'm, I'm halfway expecting to wake up Saturday morning with Jesse going, Baby, there's a dinosaur in the, <laughs> the neighborhood <laughs> just walking down the road. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, hon. Like yeah, you're thinking please. a guy in a Barney costume. I look then you and get up, and there's a raptor kicking over your trash can. And I'm like, fuck. Shit. Really? Who do I call about this? Animal control? <laughs> they don't know how to handle this. You call the SWAT team. They know where you live. Baby, there's a silverback gorilla in our backyard. What? And I look back there, and he's all scratching his back with a stick and shit. Smelling his fingers. No. No. What about a tiger? 
Oh, man. Because if that happens, then I have a decision to make. <laughs> oh, I don't like that you said this. I have a decision to make. There's a tiger in the backyard. Questions need to be answered. First off, how is big your will is made? How, how, how big is the tiger? Are we talking full grown, mid size, baby tiger? Mm, we'll say we'll say adolescent, like not full grown, but pretty beefy. So bigger than Dharma? Yeah, bigger than Dharma. Uh, I feel like they're a little squirrelier at that age. So then I have three options, I feel. Option one is go to the fridge, get some cold cuts. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, you're going to be cold cuts. (laughs) Some ham, some turkey, a little salami, some prosciutto. Then I go out the back door and I make friends. Option two is stay inside, but see how close I can get him to come up to me. But, like, from inside. Like, can I get him to come up to the back door or the front door? Where I can check him out I'm that sure way? you could. Option three is, like, once again, what do I do? Call animal control? The Birmingham Zoo? Well, guys, there's a tiger in our backyard. The zoo might know somebody that should. The police should, too. They'd call game warden or something. Yeah. The zoo, they'd probably call. I'm just afraid that if I call, I mean, in all reality, they'll the tranquilize answers, him or put him down if he's dangerous. That's the problem. I do, I, man, because that's the real answer. The answer is you call animal control or the police or something, but that just leads to a dead tiger. That'd make me so sad. Well, you could be cold cuts yourself. It doesn't stop at the piece of turkey, they'll work right up your arm. No, nah, man, because we got a lot of cold cuts. I could keep him. Keep you go well-fed tiger on them salty cold cuts yeah and then then we go to the chips i'm like have you ever had spicy nachos doritos my friend well wow. guess what i got for you i'll be making them sandwiches and shit <laughs> tiger sandwiches who knows you know make them a nice frozen pizza a screaming sicilian you just put all your meat from your fridge out into the yard yeah and then he's going to be like, oh, man, this guy's cool. He's feeding me. Because there's no need to eat me if he's full of cold cuts. I think there's always room for you. I make him No a matter nice... whether he's had cold cuts or not. <laughs> make him a nice charcuterie plate or whatever that fuck that's called. Charcuterie. It's like Jello. Those are always room for hoss. <sighs> nah, man. But you're probably right. That's too uncontrolled of a circumstance for me to pet a tiger, I feel. Just when walking into the backyard. I feel like the circumstances need to be a little more controlled and maybe a professional on hand before I pet a tiger. That would be preferable. But I would think about it. It would cross my mind. I'll tell you this. When the guy in, you know, Jesse robbed me of my chance to be a hero... On oh, Saturday. really? Yeah, because I I wanted to grab the Highlander sword and go patrolling. Dude, I totally, I saw a fight at the FedEx. Well, it was almost a fight at the FedEx. What did you, you wanted to patrol for the, the psycho killer? Yeah, man. 
That's oh, can you, you might imagine, have died in the line of duty. Can you imagine seeing me on the news? Highlander sword strapped to my back, being like, "I heard he was loose in my neighborhood, and I knew what I had to do." Bleeding out in the middle of the <laughs> street. Local hero Halls Burkhart <laughs> deflected a bullet with a replica Highlander sword and brought the suspect to justice. And then it cuts to me, and my hair's all fucked up because I just woke up and I'm wearing pajama pants and a crusty tool shirt. <laughs> I knew I had to spring into action, so I grabbed my sword and I subdued him. I cut off his hand and I deflected little, a bullet. The little banner under your name says "Local Hero for Fun." <laughs> oh, but she robbed me of that. She wouldn't let me. So I played Final Fantasy instead until they caught him. Did some virtual <laughs> hacha and haya. How did you see a fight at the FedEx? I had to go stand in line in FedEx to ship something, and this guy in front of me was pissed that he had the wrong part, and like there was one person at a time, so you had to wait outside six feet apart. And uh, this one dude at from Dodge's Chicken, just Dodge's Fried Chicken, the like the the gas station. Um, there was a van there, I assume a catering van or something. He just gets out with uh, he was talking on the phone in the van, and he just gets out with his. Uh, his hand, his dolly, and he puts a you know a plastic FedEx box with several boxes in it, and just strolls right in. The dude's like, "Sir, it's one at a time." Like the next guy in line is like, "What makes you better than everyone else?" He and the dude just kept ignoring him, and he goes right in. And then so the dude like blocks his exit, like stands in the middle of the door, and's like, <laughs> "Motherfucker, what is wrong with you? You see the you know like he just went off on him, and he wasn't gonna let him out the door. And the dude squeezed by him and. The Dodge Chicken guy was like, you know what assault is? Do you know what assault and battery is? He was just getting in his truck, and he was like, I should have beat that guy's ass. And I was like, mm, <laughs> man, I understand, but I'm probably glad you didn't. Whew, temp- tensions are high out on the streets. The dude pulled out his phone, and he 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 recorded the Dodge Chicken guy driving away. Got his license plate and stuff. I don't, you know, he oh. was just mad. He was madder than hell. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there holding my package with my paper mask on. And I'm glad I had the paper mask on because my jaw was halfway open. I was like, oh, shit. You I was just. You should have started I needed, filming. I needed. I, I probably should have started filming, but I I didn't look like it was going to come to blows. After the dude got past the other guy, it's not like I, he didn't chase him down and start whooping on him. So, like, I probably wouldn't have let that happen. But. Man. It was a bunch of yelling and cussing at each other, you know. Shoo. Shit's crazy out there. It was heated. It was heated. Let's hear from our friend Steve Adi and then do some voicemails. Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kiyadi! Cockhead! Running around slaying He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Cockade, 
All right. First up, we got our buddy King Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. Got a lot of really good, interesting news about stuff coming out this week. This uh, Mandalorian behind-the-scenes thing on Disney+, Plus, the Dr. Afro audio drama, even though I don't like audio dramas, and then this um, new possible Disney Plus show. Uh, all stuff I am looking forward to consuming. But there's actually something kind of different that I think I might be consuming soon. The uh, junior novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if you've seen it online, but someone posted the last chapter. I don't, I don't know if it's a chapter or an epilogue. But it, it you know, they posted the, the, I think it's like three images. Um, and damn, is it an excellent way of summing up the whole Skywalker saga. It, it, it link, you know, it starts off talking about Anakin and then it brings in Luke and Leia. And then finally it talks about Ray and Kylo. And it's just a very well done overall summation of star Wars. that really makes it feel like the fairy tale it was designed to be. Um, and, you know, it's the whole, it, it's poetry, it rhymes, it's, it, it was, it, you know, just it brought tears to my eyes reading this thing. And, and I'm thinking about this. And, you know, obviously we're very wrapped up in The Rise of Skywalker. We're wrapped up in the sequel trilogy. And, and so, you know, we, we talk about how The Rise of Skywalker was as an ending to the nine film Skywalker saga. And I do think that there will be more future episodes and i even think that this summation leaves room for more in the future but at the same time i don't i don't think we think enough about the saga as a whole um the themes that that go throughout it and each of the different trilogies they play their part how it it did really start with the chosen one of the jedi order the one they were looking for and they, they had a prophecy that they thought was going to be fulfilled in their lifetime and would lead to their victory. And in a way it was, but not in the way they were thinking. And that's, that's the thing about prophecies. And then how the children of the chosen one restored, it rid the galaxy of an empire. And then their children combined with the children of the villain destroyed the great evil. And I think it's a great way of looking at the whole saga. And I want to know how do you guys, now that it's all over, look at the whole saga. And I realize that's a broad question, kind of like, what does Star Wars mean to you? And it's just, I don't know, it's it's nice to have have it all out there and be able to see it like that. And it's, you know, it's you don't really look to junior novelizations for things. I mean, they're great. My kids, they'll listen to the audiobooks. They like them. Uh, but it's really nice to have it all wrapped up like that. But I want to know what you guys think of it. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks to you, King Tom. <clears throat> you know, I still feel like even though we're four months past episode nine coming out, that it hasn't even really sunk in that the sequel trilogy is done now and that the Skywalker saga is done. And I think part of that is because it went by so fast compared to yeah you know, waiting for the movies uh, with the prequel movies and, and all that stuff. Um, but you know, as a whole, I enjoy the story quite a bit. 
you know, there's definitely, I would say, through all three trilogies, things that would make it a little more cohesive. But part of that's because of the unconventional way it was done. We got the third, the third, or the, the middle act first, you know? Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that I was around to see the sequel trilogy. That's true. You know, like I got to see Luke, Leia, and Han back at it again, which could have just as easily never happened. Either yeah, because it, I existed in a time where that was, I didn't think that was ever going to happen. In yeah, my life. exactly. Either that it would just not happen while we were alive or it would happen, but they wouldn't be involved or any number of things, you know? So the fact that we actually got it uh, makes me really happy. And the fact that I came away liking it uh, mostly, you know, as a whole, I'm really happy with. Um, I wish they had referenced or nodded to the prequels a little bit more in the sequel trilogy. I think had they done that a little bit more, it would feel even more all-encompassing as a saga. Uh, But I'll say the one thing I haven't done yet that I want to do sometime soon, I think I'm going to wait until I uh, am able to get the 4K box set is watch episode one through nine, sort of chronologically, because I haven't done that yet. That would Um, be cool. And see what it feels like then. Um, But I do like that even though it's all one saga, each trilogy in that saga has its own vibe and its own feel to it um where you know the original trilogy just has (laughs) carries so much weight for me and because that it was my introduction to star wars it'll always be my favorite um but then like sort of the just full batshit crazy pulpiness of the prequels I've come to enjoy. And there's a lot of elements of the prequels that, you know, a little bit of tough, tough to get through in the moment, but as a whole, I enjoy the story. Um, And, you know, I still feel like it's too early to 100% settle on how I feel about the sequel trilogy feel like I need to live with it a little longer and watch it a few more times. That's fair. Before I really know. How do you feel? I feel like I'm glad that it kept the concepts and ideas of Star Wars that were established in the beginning. You, you know, hope. Right. Uh, I know that's a cop-out family. Um, the fact that you're not bound by who your father is. Your destiny isn't bound by who your father is or what he did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Luke's destiny is not evil just because Darth Vader happened. You know what I mean? Right. And Ray Ray is not evil just because her grandfather Palpatine was. was her grandfather. You know, like it doesn't matter who your blood is, it matters who you are. Right. And I like I like that on, those were kept. Right. And I like on the flip side of that, just because your mom is Princess Leia and your dad is Han Solo doesn't mean you're gonna be a good guy. Right. Because that would have been the easiest way to take the sequel trilogy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Here's the kids of Han and Leia and the kids of Luke. Luke had kids and they are just 100% good light side. You know what I mean? And there's some new evil. That would have been the easy way out. But to throw in that wrinkle of Kylo being their kid and going to the dark side, even though it's not necessarily the most original approach to a sequel to Star Wars, you know, we even saw well, something. It's pretty similar. much the story of Jason Solo, just not from the beginning. Nee, I mean, it, it, look, doesn't he kill his sister? Like, <clears throat> no, he kills Mara Jade. He kills Luke's wife. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's it's v- not all the way similar, but you, there's definitely similarities there. But I think it's also different enough that you know you can let it slide. But. Um, yeah, I'm not bitching. I, I mean, I'm glad someone. I'm glad someone from the original kid. I mean, original trilogy had a scion. You know, like I'm glad there was someone that carried on the Skywalker name. Even and I'm, I'm like, of course, Ray did as well. But I'm like, it's cool that he was a solo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's I totally cool agree. That the obvious romantic couple did have a kid that was strong in the Force. That is cool. But like you said. It would have been boring if it was, you know, like, you Luke know, and Leia's kids, and also Han and uh, Han and, um, not um, Luke and Mar Jade's kids, or, you know, if if it were, if it were the teenage version of Star Wars over again with a new bad, right. that would have been, that's some direct to video shit, yeah, like or direct to Dark Horse Comics, you know, it like. There's plenty, not that there wouldn't have been good stories or interesting stories you could have told with that concept, but to me, it's more interesting to add some texture and some character, not just to the new generation, but also to our previous generation, to have Luke feel like he failed and be on in exile and things like that. Like, I think... And I think it's a super nod to the samurai film genre too. Like right. it's very samurai. You know, you're the the son Luke's Luke's nephew, like a son, was raised to be good, but became the evil prince of darkness and he went into exile, old monastery, you know, island. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um so, you know, i still feel like cause it took me a while with the prequel trilogies to really hone in on prequel trilogy singular, not you, you know what? That was the one that feels most different to me, honestly. And then it's, it's odd, but like, it feels like the, it's a, it's a tragedy. It's the fall of Darth Vader story. You yeah. know, like there's a bunch of cool stuff, but it's really, it's a tragedy. Like that last act is dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's also, it was weird experiencing it at the time because we know where that ends. You know, we go yeah. into this trilogy knowing the end. Right. So it was a completely different experience to viewing the sequel trilogy because we don't know where it's going or where it ends. Right. Um, and uh, like I was saying, it took me so long to sort of hone in and figure out what I do and don't like about the sequel tril- or prequel trilogy. And the fact that the stuff I don't like doesn't take away from the story as a whole. I enjoy the story as a whole. So that's why I'm able to enjoy those movies, you know? Right. And I feel like I'm going to, whenever it does happen, I think I'm going to settle in on a very 
similar spot for this the sequel trilogy. But I feel like there'll be more that I end up liking than disliking than with the prequel trilogy, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I already feel that way off the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's just going to sort of settle down. I think there'll be some things that I don't necessarily like that I become more okay with and things that I was sort of middle of the road about that bother me more. We'll just see. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's... It's not an immediate, well, you know, because my immediate uh, reaction to seeing a new Star Wars movie was like, that was awesome. I love that. And it's, it's only after a little while that I have time to sit with it and watch it again and watch it, watch these in the context of a whole trilogy before I can really decide. All right, let's hear from our buddy Rick. Hey, Haas and Will, it's Rick. And um, I got a question for you guys. Uh, first off, I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, and something that's kind of been weighing on my mind a little bit is, uh, the Vader stuff from the sequel trilogy just kind of fades away, um, and doesn't really enter much as far as, uh, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo's kind of psychology or whatever. Um, the Kylo Ren comic book didn't really address it at all, that him being a fanboy, and it comes up a little bit in the movies, but... You know, something specifically I wanted to ask about. In the Aftermath books, we're led to believe that the Acolytes of the Beyond have Vader's red lightsaber. Now, it's not confirmed, but let's just assume that it is. Um, we know that the Acolytes of the Beyond uh, eventually grow into and become part of the Sith Eternal that we see on Exegol. So assuming they had Vader's red lightsaber with them throughout all of that, is it safe to also assume that Vader's red lightsaber was destroyed on Exegol um, once Palpatine bit the dust? I don't know. Just a crazy thought running through my head. Um, listen, guys, you know, I just want to say thank you for putting on a great show every week. I look forward to it every Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on when it hits my feet and when I can get to it. Um, thanks for everything that you guys have been doing to keep the rest of us uh, distracted for a little while. It is very much appreciated. So with that, I'll let you guys go. Love you both. May that force be with you. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like, you know what I like in Star Wars, Will? What's that? Artifacts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I love the fact that Kylo has Vader's burnt helmet, that it's this weird dark side artifact. And That Anakin's lightsaber made it into... You know, three trilogies. Yes, I love that. I love, um, for instance, in Knights of the Old Republic, you can find Ulick Keldroma's lightsaber hilt and use it on your character. Like, it's, I don't know, I just like the feeling. And I don't know if it comes from liking the props and always wanting the props as a kid. Like, man, it'd be cool to have a Darth Vader helmet or it'd be cool to have, you know, a lightsaber um, or if it comes from sort of like the lived-in universe of Star Wars where everything seems like it has some kind of history. Like, you can just look at the Falcon in A New Hope and know, like, oh, that shit's been that ship's been through some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and the X-Wings and the Y-Wings look all old and beat up and stuff. It's clear that they were used and there's some history to it. But yeah, I don't know. I do feel like if they intended for Vader's lightsaber to have gotten off the second Death Star, 
that they would have done something with it a little more obvious than that one thing in Aftermath. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, if you're going to save Darth Vader's lightsaber from the Death Star explosion, or, well, I mean, I, you would think, yeah, it's in the Death Star, right? Yeah. He gets his arms cut off. Um, Because I was thinking maybe Luke had it before he burned him, but no, 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 as I'm going back through the movie. Uh, if you're going to save it from the Death Star, you would think it would have come up by now. Like it, it was mentioned, like like he said in this one spot. But if it's mentioned that someone's got it and no one else ends up with it, like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and and the the thing is about that specific interlude in aftermath is the guy that's selling the saber. Someone even asks him, "Was that really Darth Vader's lightsaber?" And he says, "It was red, wasn't it?" Or something to that effect. It's implied that. Yeah, it, it might not even really be Darth Vader's saber. Right. And I, I that's one of the things like I don't know, like the whole Alkalites of the Beyond thing, if that's who eventually becomes like the Sith Eternal cult on Exegol, that's cool. But I do feel like there was some missed opportunity with that and the lightsaber thing and the other things those dudes were up to. Like I just would maybe ask Chuck Wendig, like what would you have intended that to mean and be about? Or was that just a cool side scene that you thought of, you know, like yeah. what was your intention when you wrote that? Like for instance, when Lawrence Kasdan and JJ Abrams wrote the force awakens, even though he wasn't going to do the next movie, you know, they were sitting there thinking like, well, this will lead to this and et cetera, et cetera. Or if I was going to do the second movie, this is where this plot line would go. Right. Right. So I would just want to want to know like what Chuck Wendig's thought process was behind that. Like what would be his explanation for that? And I don't really know. I don't either, but it would be awesome to hear. Because <laughs> it would seem weird to have Darth Vader's lightsaber show up and then just not nothing be done with it after that. So I yeah. don't know. All right, uh, let's hear from our buddy Utah. Uh, oh, Dougie. Uh, hey, Osmil, this is Dougie. Uh, I was wondering with the Cassian series, when it's finished, um, what planet would you like to spend a lot of time on and maybe a character that you'd like to spend extra time with? Um, I would love to see a lot of the time on Alderaan uh, with Jimmy Schmitz would be cool to incorporate him heavily into the story uh, that would be really neat to see um, the design of the planet and the cities and the people right there uh, so yeah what uh, what setting would you like to see uh, maybe a little rebel base set up at and uh, some time on that series anyways Love the podcast. Check you later. Thanks, Dougie. Dougie, you took my answer immediately. As you were talking, my the thing that popped in my head was Alderan. I'd like to see some more Alderan. Um and obviously fucking Jimmy Schmitz. Come on. But I will say Come on. if not Alderan or and not Jimmy Schmitz, a character that I feel like could be featured some more that we haven't seen a ton of. Um Brea. Lou, uh, Leia's, I think that's how you say her name, 
Leia's adoptive mom, Bail Organa's wife. Hmm. Like, I would like to get to know that character some. We, I mean, we basically only see her in Revenge of the Sith at the very end, right? I, uh, yeah, yeah. When they take Leia and drop her off with Jimmy Schmitz. So, that w- that's a character I'm interested to learn about. And that would be cool to see. Um, but if not Alderaan, show us what that fucking base was on Dantooine. Yes, they're on Dantooine. What do you got for me, Will? What would you like to see? You know, this is gonna sound weird, but like, like Mon Cal, the like the oh, that would be the cool. water planet. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be cool. cool. Yeah, man, that would be cool. I'm all about that. Special effects heavy. That might be a bit much for a Cassian Disney Plus budget, but damn, I'm thinking cool. Sequest DSV. I'm like, <laughs> you can do it. Submersible crew, you some stories with the Mon Calamari and the Quarians. I could dig it. And there's a lot of sort of side characters in Rogue One that I would like to see show up again, like Draven, the guy that's kind of the asshole rebel. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, obviously, Mon Mothma. It would be cool to see some, some more Mon Mothma. Some more with any of those alien species that are from Rogue One. Those guys yeah. were awesome. Oh, dude, what about uh, the poor dude he ices at the beginning on the ring of Kaffrine? His informant or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's get an episode of where they're palling around. And the whole episode, you're like, oh, shit, I know how this relationship ends. Yeah, that would be awful. Badly. Okay. Next up, we have uh, an email slash voice message from our buddy Josh. Halls and Will, the attached MP3 is a clip from Battlefront 2 Capital Supremacy Mode. The clip is a resistance commander instructing her troops to attack a Star Destroyer. Subtitles don't work in multiplayer. I've searched all over the internet with no luck. What the hell is this lady saying? Thanks. Uh Uh-oh. Are we going to be able to crack this code? Well, let's see. Let's see. Look sharp. We're going to come on that Star Destroyer like a Nexu on its prey. Uh Oh. (laughs) <laughs> bruh it said i'm pretty sure she says look sharp we're gonna come on that <laughs> that star destroyer did you hear that will i didn't hear what you're hearing okay let's try it again I guess I do hear it now. Okay, so does she say, look sharp, we're going to come on that Star Destroyer like a Nexu on its face? No. Like a Nexu on its prey? Yes. We're going to come on that Star Destroyer like a Nexu on its prey? That's what it sounds like. Bruh, that is not typical military strategy. It sounds very uh, primal. It can't be come, right? I mean... It... We're going to listen one more time. Look sharp. We're going to come on that Star Destroyer like a Nexu on its prey. I don't know what to tell you, man. It says come. We're going to come on that Star Destroyer. Jesse, uh... I hear Jesse behind me saying pounce. 
We're going to pounce on that Star Destroyer like a Nexu on its prey? Okay, that would make a lot of sense, but I don't hear pounce. I, I hear come. I hear come. I don't. I mean, now that you've said it, that's all I can hear. I know, right? And so I don't know if I'm. It's just too muddled for me to make anything else out now. Oh my lord! One more time. Look sharp! We're gonna come on that star destroyer like a Nexu on its prey. <sighs> it says come. I guess it does. I'm not crazy. Wow. I'm, I'm stunned into silence. Skeet, skeet, goddamn. Uh, let's hear from Jim. I don't know how to process this because it says come. And uh, I got to hear from Jim. How you doing, Halls and Will? Um, so I've been thinking about the phrase warts and all. I've heard it from you a few months ago or something, and it's been rattling around in my head. And uh, basically, I want to know of these movies since the Disney era, which one would you like to have the warts and all? Uh, I find myself really torn between a lot of them i end up landing on solo i'd really like to have seen the uh other version of it or the the big portion what their the direction like that seemed that would have been really different and weird i'm sure and i wouldn't like it probably but i'd love to see it um but for you and will uh what would you guys um what what would be your favorite you know rogue one with all that business, uh, Force Awakens, like finding out George Lucas, you know, that meeting, finding out they're not doing his project, um, you know, with uh, everything with Rise of Skywalker and Ian McDermott, find, knowing every little detail, which which would you like to know the most about? All right, guys, Ignite the Green. Ooh, this is a tough one. Solo for me. Yeah. I feel like that's a juicy story. I would like to know the ins and outs of I th- I'm, what went down there. That's my first instinct, too. The VH1 behind the scenes solo. Like, to go into an alternate universe and see the Phil Lord and Christopher Miller version of Solo um, and see if, like, I feel like the right decision was made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do I f- would I come away being like, they missed an opportunity by doing that? Or would I be like, nah, Ron Howard was the right choice. Reshooting most of the movie was the right choice. <clears throat> that That is probably the one that's most interesting to me because I feel like the Rogue One stuff is nowhere near substantial, no. as substantial. Um, I think there were some big changes made and lots of things moved around, but I don't think it would necessarily feel like a wholly different movie. Um, maybe a little darker or maybe, I don't know, maybe some people survived that didn't, but I still think the general essence and performances of Rogue One would be pretty similar. I feel like the Lord and Miller solo would be way different, right? 
Right. And then I don't know if this exactly falls under what Jim's talking about, but the George Lucas outline for the sequel trilogy, I would give my good leg to read. Really? Yeah, man. I would love to know what Uncle George had in mind, especially when you hear things about like Midichlorians. Mi- yeah, microbiotic universes and shit. Like the wills being things inside your blood. I would kill to know what that was. Um, ain't neither of these things are ever going to happen. Something tells me any surviving Phil Lord and Christopher Miller footage that wasn't used in the movie uh, went right into the furnace at Lucasfilm. They had a dude. Uh, dressed up like the rancor keeper shoveling that shit in. They probably just gave it all back to George and said, you can't show this to anyone. No, I mean the solo footage. Oh, oh, oh. The, uh, that outline is somewhere. That outline exists somewhere, but I still doubt we ever see it, you know? But it's it's somewhere out there. It was bought along with the acquisition. Property. So, yeah, so they've got it, I would imagine. That's what he was working out with the rest of them. Yeah. When it got sold, I guess. <clears throat> but yeah. It is a interesting thing. Oh man, fucking Josh Trank's Boba Fett script. Boba Fett. Oh, man, even though I don't have faith that he would have produced anything very good, um I would have still of course like to see it lead read the script and see what they would have done uh who knows how far along the whole james mangold boba fett thing went was there a script around for that i would read the that hell would out be of cool that. to see too yeah well that does it for us this week buddy that was our last voicemail oh all voicemails this week yeah they were good yeah some good stuff i'm gonna do the quick cursory check to make sure i didn't forget anybody uh nope 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 i have somebody from t public trying to get me to sign up for a t public partnership but that's not for the podcast anyways um thanks for recording with me this week buddy thank you for recording with me yeah man i think it was a pretty good one i think so too um if you guys haven't already please leave us a five-star review on itunes I know we harp about it a lot, but we're so close. We're like 13 away from 200. Can you guys just help us get over that hump real quick? That'd be rad. We'd be stoked. Um, if you like camels back, (laughs) if you, um, like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're stoned Cobra and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, And that's stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And next week we'll be talking about the continued adventures of Ahsoka on Mandalore. And whatever else happens. We keep getting some little bits and pieces of information here. So, you know, something cool might happen. But until then, this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>